Misconceptions about entrepreneurship. Welcome to EFM, your resource platform for everything entrepreneurial, and I'm your host Serena C for Top Three. Now, according to Professor Verinder Shal, who teaches a highly regarded class on entrepreneurship in Northwestern University in the United States, there are a number of misconceptions about entrepreneurship that are unfortunately held by many, including his own students. So, in this podcast, we're going to take a look at the top three misconceptions about entrepreneurship based on his findings. Misconception three: Entrepreneurship is a win-all-lose-all gamble on a completely new product. Now, the standard perception of an entrepreneur is a person who has an epiphany, starts a business with all her savings. You put this here because I'm talking, isn't it? Her savings and perhaps those of her family and friends rolls the dice and hits a grand slam or strikes out. Now, in really, in reality, nothing could be further from the truth. Most people who have most people heard of Steve. No, no. Most people who heard Steve Jobs talk about the iPad in 1983 declared him bold, daring, impulsive. Some even called him mad, crazy, and delirious. But Steve Jobs was none of that. You know that too. In fact, he did not release the iPad anytime soon. Rather, he spent his years validating his idea. Beautifying the design and waiting for the right market conditions. Importantly, entrepreneurs know when to act and when not to. That's a key point. An iPad in the 90s with struggling internet speeds would have died in a day. Successful entrepreneurs act when they are certain, not when they are hopeful. Those who those who tried their luck and become successful were just gambling. And I'm a terrible gambler. Better not go there, Serena. So entrepreneurship is a process. It can be learned, and practice makes perfect. In his classic book, Innovation and Entrepreneurship, Peter Drucker, Peter Drucker, the father of management thinking, defines entrepreneurship as follows: It is the act that endows resources with a new capacity to create wealth. In other words, entrepreneurship is not a science or an art, but uses innovations as the key means to create value. Drucker adds that entrepreneurs are a small minority of businessmen because most businesses just do not add any new value. Think about it: hamburgers have been sold for many years, but it was Ray Kroc, the entrepreneur, who brought new value to McDonald's by standardizing the product production and service. He endowed the same resources, meat, potatoes, and bread, with considerable wealth-generating capacity. Walmart revolutionized retail by developing what we now call supply chain. Amazon destroyed bookshops, and Apple is making the music industry obsolete, and perhaps the movie industry distribution business as well. Skype has demolished long-distance telephone monopolies. Who does that anymore, anyway? While Grameen, a microfinance organization and community development bank, brought microfinance and economic growth to the poor in Bangladesh. Each company took an already well-established market and simply made it better. 
number two. Second misconception: ideas must come from a sudden spark of inspiration. No, not at all. According to Professor Verinder Shal, you don't have to howl at the moon and like you know thud your chest or wait for a bolt of lightning to strike you with a grand idea. You don't have to be kissed by the muse or mutated by the right genetic code. But if the muse does not speak to us, where do these ideas come from? Peter Drucker says there are seven sources of innovative opportunity. One, the unexpected. Two, incongruity. Three, process need. Four, industry market structure. Five, demographics. Six, perception. And seven. New knowledge. The number one source is the unexpected, which can mean both unexpected successes and failures. For example, could anyone have imagined that an idea developed to rate girls by a fellow who had a hard time getting a date? Would result in Facebook. Like, come on! The marketplace is the number one area to look for opportunities. A good entrepreneur should be constantly studying the market. Is a particular product or service in greater or lesser demand than anticipated? Is there a way we can exploit this unexpected success? And what has to happen if we want to convert this success into an opportunity? Professor Verinderschall explains that new knowledge comes in last at number seven, mainly because it takes so long to convert new ideas into feasible businesses. The most prolific creative force known to mankind has been Leonardo da Vinci, and several of his ideas took centuries to come to fruition. When evaluating new ideas, the professor asks us to turn to Rachel Bridges' suggestion in her book *My Big Idea*. She suggests that a good idea should number one solve a problem, and number two be practical and easily scalable. Number three, have a market slash customer or a big enough size. Number four. Have a reasonable price and offer a competitive opportunity cost. And number five, create an immediate relationship with the customer. Now, entrepreneurs may not need to be struck by sudden inspiration, but they do need to observe the world around them. You have to solve problems, create new value, have the courage of strong and strong convictions. Entrepreneurs combine passion with common sense. They look outward and serve the customer. They use a business model based on a common sense to solve problems and work with people who share the same values. So look around you; problems exist everywhere. The next time you see a problem, don't get upset. Think of a solution. Now you're on your way to becoming an entrepreneur. Number one. Finally, misconception number one about entrepreneurs. A common misconception is this:、uh, entrepreneurship is limited to technology companies like those in Silicon Valley. But this is so big a mistake because Silicon Valley has glamour and can appear to be the land of dreams. The odds of making it there are similar to winning the lottery. In other words. Minuscule. A recent article from Trends Magazine states that the number of startups today, valued at one billion, exceeds the number during the height of the dot-com bubble in the late 1990s. And of the private U.S. companies that were valued at one billion or more back in 1999 and 2000, only a few are still in existence, and most have lost much of their value, while many have disappeared. Taking a step back from the buzz and excitement around Silicon Valley allows us to see just how 
many other entrepreneurial opportunities exist in this world, including and to me, especially in Malaysia. At the same time, in just about every venture you pursue, you will have a team. You don't need to. You don't need to do and learn everything yourself. Consider a strengths-based leadership approach and develop the skills more necessary to your position. Here are five tips shared by Professor Verne Deschal. Number one, passion. Yes, you will need a lot of that to overcome your fears, doubts, naysayers, and the inevitable setbacks. Number two, perseverance. You have to get through it, adapt, go around concrete structures, at the same time lifting those around you. Number three, emotional quotient, EQ. Apparently, I'm very high in this. Dealing with people is the key to success, be it working and motivating your team, connecting with professional customers or raising capital. Most people approach others with a transactional attitude. What is in it for me? But that's not how you should do it. Instead, focus on developing relationships. How can I help you? Good karma will come along for this ride. Trust us. After that, there's also seeing and seizing opportunity. This is a mindset wherein problems are converted to opportunities, setbacks to new possibilities and dreams to realities. Also, discipline. You will need to be very disciplined personally and you will need to run the organization in a disciplined manner. You must have goals and execution, which is what leads to success. Lofty pronouncements will not get you very far. And that concludes the top three list for this podcast. The three misconceptions about entrepreneurship. Other misconceptions include the notion that entrepreneurs and innovative companies destroy existing companies while only creating a few new jobs. This has been argued in a recent Wall Street Journal article by Andy Kessler, who explained how entrepreneurs create many new jobs, even as they destroy existing businesses. It is a new world. According to him, Apple employs just 47,000 people and Google under 25,000. Like Staples, they have destroyed many old jobs. But by lowering the cost of doing business, they've enabled innumerable entrepreneurs to start a new business and employ hundreds of thousands, even millions of workers worldwide, all while capital gets redeployed more effectively. Think about that. Hope this clears up some misconceptions you might have regarding entrepreneurship. Thank you for listening. If you have more, write to me. Hello at EFM.live. This has been Serena C for Top 3. EFM for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs.